Hi everyone, my name is David Riddell and I'd like to welcome you to the March edition of the StillerayTools.scot podcast, giving you that wee bit more insight into Scotland's whiskey distilleries. Today I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Joe McKercher, malts historian and archivist at Diageo. I'm also joined by Kirsten Wilson, Senior Site Manager at Glenkinshi and Oban Distilleries. Joe tells us all about the history and legacy of Glenkinshi Distillery and its place as a lowland home of Johnny Walker. It's also part of the Four Corners Tour. Kirsten tells us of the processes and traditional methods that go into producing such an outstanding malt whisky. Angels Share Glassware, proud sponsors of DistilleryTours.scot podcast series. To see our full range, go to angelsshareglass.com. Hello everyone and welcome to this month's podcast. My name is David Riddell from distillerytools.scot. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Joe McKercher, malts historian and archivist, and also Kirsten, who is the senior site manager for Glenkinshi and Oban. So starting with yourself, Joe, if you could tell us a wee bit about yourself, that'd be excellent. Thank, yeah, thanks very much. So um, my name is Jo, um, so I'm the Maltz Historian and Archivist for Diageo and I have been uh, working at Diageo now for almost 18 years and uh, looking after our historical collections that date from the 1740s right the way up to whatever we are creating and producing today and um, it's a brilliant job. We use the historical records that we have every day to inform and inspire and educate everyone within Diageo and others as well. So I'm delighted to be here to talk to you a little bit about Glenkinshi today. Delighted to, to have you. And Kirsten, if you could tell us a wee bit about yourself as well. Yeah, hi David. Thanks very much for inviting us on. Um, so yes, my name is Kirsten Wilson. I'm the Senior Site Manager responsible for Glenkinshi and Oban Distilleries. I'm not quite as long as Joe in the business. I'm a, a mere 10 and a half years. My role certainly keeps me busy between the borders and the West Coast. Um, I actually live in Fife, so I add that into the mix just because it's not complicated enough. <laughs> and I, I do genuinely feel very lucky to be based at Glenkinchy. Um, my family roots are actually in farming in the borders, so I spent much of my time in, in the area as a child. Um, so it feels like coming full circle and um, being back here working in Glenkinchy again in the in the vicinity of the borders and and in the garden of Scotland as we affectionately call Glenkinchy Distillery so uh, really love it really love I, it I was lucky enough to actually kind of uh, visit Glenkinchy and uh, you know I would suggest that um, anybody that's listening to this podcast should actually visit it as well we're going to come to Joe first so Joe if you could tell us a wee bit about Glenkinshi Distillery, a bit about its history and, and also its kind of products and things like that. That, that, that would be a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, it's, it's a real pleasure to work on Glenkinshi. It has the most beautiful story to it. And I think one of the joys of my job recently has been being able to inspire the, the history of the distillery through the visitor experience. And, and David, like you said, you've had the pleasure of being able to go and I would absolutely urge everyone, if they can, to visit because... I think what the team have done there is is really transformational and very special. And for me, it was just 
giving me the opportunity to be able to tell this amazing history of Glenkinchy in a really inspiring and beautiful way. And as Kirsten already alluded to, it's um, you know it's got the most amazing setting. You just drive in there and you're right in that uh, the heart of the gardens that welcome you there. And um, that's always been where the distillery has been rooted because it actually started um, as a farm. You know, so as many distilleries did do historically, but in 1825 um, the Milton Distillery was opened by the local brothers George and John Reit and they were farmers they were growing barley in the most perfect conditions so it just absolutely made sense to then use that barley to, to make whiskey at the same time as many others were, were obviously doing um, too and then it wasn't until 1837 that the name actually changed to Glenkinchy Distillery so before that it was referred to as Milton Distillery it then became Glenkinchy we think named after the Kinchy burn that, that grows that runs very close to it um, and it didn't have an easy start you know it flip-flopped it, it, it was a distillery it then became a sawmill again uh, and then went back to being a distillery a little bit later into the 1800s. But well, the one thing that I always really struck me about Glenkinchy when I was uh, researching it was that it, it wasn't just a distillery, it was so much more than that. Because of its location, it was very, very sustainable right from the, the heart of its get-go. You know, it was using everything in the land around it to make the whiskey that, that they were producing even as early as that mid-1800 period. And then when they did do a refurb in the 1900s, they made it into a very model Victorian distillery, if you like. And when they did that, they actually used some really inventive equipment at the time. And it was very noticeable and written about, if you look at accounts from the 1900s from visitors, about the ingenious equipment that they were uh, using at Glenkinchy to make whiskey. So it was a, a great combination of something that used its tradition to create beautiful whiskey, but also wasn't afraid to implement some newer technology to, to make sure that things were continuing to improve. And I absolutely love that about Glenkinchy. And actually, it's a legacy that I think we still see today. And I'm sure Kirsten can talk more about, about that later on. But the one thing that I do love about it is that it was very much a home to people when they remodeled the distillery in the 1900s they built great accommodation for the workers to have as well and in fact when you go to Clinkinchy today a lot of the workers still live very close to the distillery so I think that um, hub that home um, is more than just a working place um, for, for people and it, that remains incredibly so today which I really I really like about Glenkinchy and we do have generations of the same family still working at Glenkinchy today which is lovely and it's the lowland home of Johnny Walker as well yes absolutely so when we looked at this project originally a few years ago now we really wanted to have um, the four corners of Johnny Walker represented at, at our distilleries so Glenkinchy is the lowland home of Johnny Walker and um, the other three that we have are Kalila, Kleinleash and Cardew and each of these bring a very unique uh, flavour profile into our Johnny Walker whisky but also give us a very unique story that we can tell about each distillery and the role that it has played um, in the, the birth of Scotch and the role of Scotch within Scotland and absolutely when Glenkinchy was established in 1825 there were, were there were numerous lowland distilleries at this time but actually today there's only a handful of those lowland distilleries left and we're very lucky that Glenkinchy is one and I think that's why it for me it makes it a very special distillery not just for us within within Diageo and the flavour profile that it then brings us, but also within Scotland, you know, these lowland distilleries are are very few and far between, and so they do make them very precious to us. 
Again, having had the pleasure of being to the distillery, I would strongly suggest if anybody's not been to Glen Kinchy distillery that they should actually kind of attend that. Kirsten, good to speak to yourself. You're going to tell us a bit about the production process and some of the things that goes on behind the scenes at Glen Kinchy distillery. Yeah, sure. Um, so the first thing really to talk about within Glen Kinchy's production is the water. And I'll, I'll come on to talk about the distillery itself and the process and what makes that unique as well. But, but to start with the water, it comes from a stream 20 miles south in the Lammermuir Hills. It's hard water with a natural filtration flowing through rocks. The water used for cooling in the worm tubs is actually only borrowed from the dam and it's passed back to the Kinchy burn. So there's actually no consumption on site for cooling, which helps us also to achieve our sustainability targets of water conservation, which we value greatly. In terms of the distillery itself and talking about some of the plant, Glenkinchy is really special because we actually have the largest wash still in Scotland. And what that means in terms of process is that there's less contact between the copper and the liquid because of the surface area. We also use a worm tub for cooling the liquid, which is actually quite rare nowadays because many other distilleries would use a condenser for this. We have one worm tub outside. It's a rectangular shape as opposed to circular which is also quite unique and this one tub is used for both the wash and the spirit stills. In terms of the shape of the stills we use a lantern shape of still and that gives us a medium reflux which helps us to achieve the the desired character that we're going for with Glenkinchy. and it's just sticking with the theme of that character of the whiskey it actually helps our stills to last longer and therefore need replaced less frequently so for example you know the the lie arm the, on the, the still would actually only really need replaced about every five to seven years um, as the, the copper starts to thin and, and wear away. But the base of the still is actually over 100 years old. And then if I come away from the distillery plant itself and think about the process, there's quite a few things there as well which make Glenkinchy quite unique. So if we think about fermentation times, we actually use quite long fermentations in Glenkinchy. So we could have anything from between 72 to 110 hours. Our washbacks are quite traditional, but what we go for is, is what we call clean but not sterile. And what that means is that we manage to achieve the right amount of wild bacteria, which actually contributes to, towards the flavour. We also plan for less production breaks um, in our stills, which means that there's actually less rejuvenation time for the copper. And this also helps us to achieve our desired character. And then if we think about the wort, which is key in our process, we actually aim for a clear wort. Some distilleries actually would aim for a cloudy wort. Typically, what that means is the faster the rake goes in mashing, means you agitate the, 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 the wort more and you get a cloudier wort. But because we tend to go for a clearer wort to help with our flavor, it means that we must rake more slowly. We also need to get the right temperature so, so as not to cook the malt, whilst at the same time managing to maximize the alcohol that we'll get from reaching all the starch in the barley. So we monitor and adjust this all by hand actually. And, and what it means is as well is that we limit the backstirs within mashing to a maximum of only two backstirs so that we can maintain a clear wort. And it's interesting to hear Joe talk about, you know, in, in, the, in the olden days, how Glenkinchy and the technology would have, would have been seen to be quite modern because it just shows how far things have moved on. Within distillery technology, a lot of, there is a lot more technology that's actually been brought in across distilleries. However, 
Glenkinchy's really special because our distillery is actually one of the most manual distilleries in our network in Diageo. And this process, what I've been talking about with regards to mashing, is actually the hardest part of the process in Glenkinchy because we still use a manual mashing panel. So what that means is that we require very, very skilled operators to be able to monitor and control the process. Now, we talk in whiskey terms that there's only three ingredients that go into whiskey of barley, water and yeast. But I genuinely believe in this distillery that the fourth magic ingredient of Glenkinchy is the skillfulness of our operators because without them we just we, we couldn't achieve the the beautiful product that we end up with. And as, as Joe mentions there, you know, it, it's so special at Glenkinchy. It is more than just a distillery. We do have one operator in our team at the moment who is fifth generation working in this distillery so he can trace right back to his great great grandfather as someone that used to work there so so whiskey really is in the blood of the 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 team at Glenkinchy. It sounds incredible to be honest with you and the product would would somebody like to speak about the actual whiskey itself that's produced? Oh I think I'll leave that one to Kirsten I think. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. So, yeah, delighted to have the opportunity to talk about the product itself. Glenkinchy is a really interesting Scotch whisky. If we think about off the stills and then what, what happens during maturation, you know, off the stills, the spirit has notes of a, of a, a creamy cereal with a heavier sulfury background before then maturation brings it into a light floral whisky with a, a fresh creamier taste. On the nose, there's a balance of vanilla, cut flowers, and beneath that, there's a clean toasty note gets increasingly sweet and creamy with fresh citrus and lemon cheesecake notes so it almost makes you hungry (laughs) just thinking about it and then on the palate it's a crisp mid-palate whiskey um, which is then you you can then pick up things like butter icing back to the lemon cheesecake and and freesias and the finish is as you would expect it to be herbal and drying a little like um, some say like potpourri so it's quite a It's quite an interesting character with the sulfury character that we're actually trying to achieve here in Glenkinchy in the new make spirit because initially sulfury doesn't sound like a nice flavor or a nice character you're trying to trying to achieve. Sulfur typically might be bad for flavor but actually what we find is that the copper absorbs it in the distillery and then further beyond that the maturation process will also remove the remaining sulfur and what it leaves behind is all the other beautiful flavors that sit between those sulfury notes. And that actually makes Glenkinchy a really special product because it means that people pick up different notes. So it's actually quite hard to talk about Glenkinchy and put it into one character or one box compared to the likes of a peaty whiskey because Glenkinchy has different notes that people pick up. And also as people mature and grow, their palate changes as well. So again, people will will find that they might pick up on on something like the the citrusy flavors now but in a few years might actually go back to that and find that it's it's maybe more of the balance of of the the cut flowers actually they might pick up on so it's it's a really interesting whiskey that's that's really delicious i'm delighted to say in fact that that i have actually um tried the whiskey in the sensory room do you want to maybe kind of just tell us how beautiful that is yeah so do you want me to pick up on that one joe or yeah, happy for you to. I can certainly um, talk from personal experience. I mean, it is stunning. And the first time I went into that space, I wasn't really sure what to expect. But I don't think anything has brought to life the flavours, the scents, and just basically the sensory of the whiskey as well as that room has done. So, But Kirsten, please do pick up on it because you're, you're there every day. You see it. 
Well, the, the sensory experience, what we really try to bring to life is the, it's the feeling of being in the hills, in the, the, the rolling lowland hills in the area and the garden, the, the theme of the Garden of Scotland. What you find, I don't want to give too much away because it, I don't want to ruin the surprise for people when they're in there, but we have wonderful guides that would take people in and give them the, the entire end-to-end story of the history of the, the distillery and the product itself. And they do get the opportunity in there to listen to a little bit about where our products come from, whether it's water or barley or yeast, and learn a little bit about the area. And then they have the chance to to try and guess and nose some of the the flavours that actually come through in the product before going into the next part of the tour, which is a uh, like a museum model of a, a scaled miniature model of how a distillery is set up and, and, and would work before then going into the distillery itself and then getting a tour of the actual the, the plant. And actually the model is incredibly special because it was created for the British Empire Exhibition uh, back in 1824-1825 and then we did update it when we reopened Glenkinchie but it's, a, it's absolutely we had people visiting Glenkinchie just to see the model alone um, it was so so special and, and so unique even just within the distillery experience so it's, it's beautiful to see it reimagined with, with, with some TLC um, for Glenkinchie today because it's, it's perfect to be able to explain to people the production process and, and how the distillery no, operates. Listen, absolutely. It's a, I think what they call it is a multi-sensory experience as well and having sat in there and enjoyed that, it's a, a, I can't kind of recommend it um, enough for, for people to go and experience for themselves. So is there anything else you would like to add? So the only thing I would love to add is when I was researching Glen Kinchy, one quote came out to me which I absolutely loved and it was from Alfred Bernard who was basically a Victorian whiskey journalist who travelled around the distilleries in 1887 but what was very unique was he actually went back to Glen Kinchy in 1900 and wrote a little pamphlet specifically about Glen Kinchy, which we don't have for any other distilleries so it's very unique. But the one thing that I absolutely loved, and Kirsten might get a laugh at this, is that he, he writes, and I'm going to read it so that I can get it properly, he says, Clean as a new pin, you could eat your dinner out of any utensil I used, and the walls and floors look as though the ubiquitous fly would be expected to wash its feet before coming inside. And I just absolutely love that. You think of distilleries in the 1900s and you often imagine quite sort of like dirty, grimy places to work. But Glenkinchy absolutely was not that in the 1900s. And I'm sure Kirsten would agree they've kept those standards of cleanliness today. But I just absolutely loved that little anecdote no, from Alfred perfect, Bernard there. Perfect. So Kirsten, Glenkinchy, it's been, you know, it's, it's been around for quite a long time now, but it's now becoming right to the fore as, um, in its own right and is also part of the Johnny Walker Four Corners tour. Could you maybe just tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So within our inventory, Glenkinchy's our only lowland single malt, um, and therefore it really is today quite key to the four corners of Johnny Walker to sit alongside Cardew, Cleeling and, and Kleinleash. I'm really, really proud of the brand that we've got with Glenkinchy. It does have an incredible history and a wonderful backstory, and it's just gone from strength to strength. It was selected as a, a lowland whiskey for the classic malt range in 1998. And being one of the four corners for Johnny Walker in 2018 is a brilliant success story. And then there's, you know, where are we going next with Glenkinchy? Well, Glenkinchy is going to evolve into being a seven-day production process. So we're currently five-day operations and we're moving to seven-day production in the summer. So 
we, today we produce about 1.8 million litres on a five-day operation, but we'll be going up to about two and a half million litres of production on seven days, which is really quite uh, an achievement for Glen Kinchy. It's, it's one of the, the, it's about the sixth smallest distillery that we have in the network. So it's small, but it certainly earns its place as one of Diageo's flagship distilleries. And with all this growth as well, we are doing this absolutely with carbon reduction and water conservation at the core of our thinking as well and how we keep manufacturing this beautiful product, but absolutely in the most responsible way possible as each of the four corner distilleries are. So there's plenty of examples of, of how we're doing that. But one of the one of the interesting points is that our to bring that to life a little bit is that our our wort, for example, goes through a heat exchanger and we, we capture that heat for the hot liquor tank, which provides water for the next smash. So it means that we actually save on energy and we reduce our water demand at the same time. So we're growing, but we like to think we are always giving back more than we're taking from the environment as well. So it's a really exciting time to be part of the Glen Kinchy legacy and the, the story of the, no, the listen, brand. I, 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 absolutely, to be honest. And, you know, delighted to, to, to have you today and, and to be able to let people know a wee bit more about Glen Kinchy and the kind of Four Corners tour, which is a great thing for Scotch whisky and a whole series of di- different fronts. So this is a bit of the podcast now when I kind of ask you what will be in your glass this evening? Um, I'll come to yourself first, Kirsten. What you're, you've finished, you've had a, a long day, you've uh, become a podcast star. What's going to be in your, um, your, your glass this evening? Well, I think it would have to be the Glen Kinchy 16-year-old this evening. Um, that's actually a, a distillery exclusive bottling, so I don't have to go far to find it. It's, it's a wonderful product. It's, um, it's got a 50 0.6% ABV. It is actually limited to only 3,000 bottles, but all the bottles are, are numbered. Uh, so you can always drink it with a little bit of pride knowing which one is yours. It's actually the first time Glen Kinchy's bottled a 16-year-old and it was created to commemorate the launch of the new brand home when it opened in October 2020. So it's part of the limited edition Four Corners range to signify the different whisky regions of Scotland. This whisky is specially selected, uh, well, it uses specially selected refill and freshly charred American oak casks. And I really like the flavours that come out in the 16-year-old because you can pick up on things like baked apple and creamy vanilla and maybe a little bit of moss there as well. So that would be my choice of dram this evening. I think if I was in my, my truly happy place, I, am, I would be enjoying that in the great outdoors, actually, in the, the fresh air in the Lammermuir Hills with my, my husband and my, my little Springer Spaniel. And we would be enjoying the... The, the beauty of the area awesome. here it in Sounds Australia. lovely. And, and we'll come to yourself, Joe. So, Kirsten, I want to join you, actually, because it sounds like you're going to be having the most amazing <laughs> experience. <laughs> so we can we can toast Glen Kinchy together. But for me, in my glass, I, I would have probably uh, chosen the Glen Kinchy Distillers Edition. Although there are... You're kind of spoiled for choice with Glen Kinchy. There's so many beautiful expressions and flavours that you can have in the bottlings. But for me, definitely the Distiller's Edition is my go-to Glen Kinchy dram. That's 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 my favourite out of the range that we've got going at the moment. I just absolutely love it. That's That would be what I would be pouring well, listen, into my it glass. It sounds absolutely delightful. And in fact, I think I maybe just drop by the distillery and get myself a bottle as well and maybe come and join you actually. 
<laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and you'll have to say a, a little toast and raise your glass to Bruce, who we haven't mentioned yet, but I don't want to give too much away. I think uh, your listeners have to visit Glenkinchy to find out who Bruce is and why he's so special. No, to that's an absolute, well, listen, it's been an absolute <laughs> delight today to, to speak to both of you. And thanks very much for being part of the Storytours.scot podcast series. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, David. And uh, anytime you're in the area and you fancy popping in for a dram in the bar and enjoying the garden uh, and maybe getting another photo taken with the Johnny Walker striding man and little Bruce, uh, you'd be <laughs> more than welcome. And we'd, we'd love to see you and, of course, all your listeners. Thanks for listening to our March podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. For your chance to win a bottle of the Distillery exclusive 16-year-old Glen Kinchy, you can enter the competition on our Facebook or Instagram pages. This expression is limited to 3,000 bottles, all individually numbered, and is only available to purchase at the actual distillery, or you could try online. Sign up to our newsletter to be the first to hear the monthly podcasts at www.distillerytours.scot forward slash sign up. Take care, and I hope to see you in one of the four-cornered distilleries soon. Slange.